I've said this before. A person can say in the name of Jesus, which is the name that carries on authority, but what you heard is fear. You know that. Jesus! You say, what's the problem? Which means you didn't hear confidence. Uh, do you get what I'm saying? No, 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 no. You, you, look, anybody can say Jesus. It's the spirit behind it. So you say Jesus. So what's the problem? Hope nothing. Hope nothing. Hope nothing. Because we had fear. And in the realm of the spirit, they don't listen to words. It's the voice they listen to. All right? I'm taking on what will bring complete deliverance. So, the next thing we've got to understand is, Jesus then went on and explained therefore. Number one, showed the principle. Number two said, if you're not in possession, you can't manifest it. Then he said, he explained that every visible fruit has an invisible tree within that person. If the tree is different, all right, if the tree within is different from what you desire, then there's little you can do. The only thing is to remove that tree and plant another one that will produce the fruit of the event that you want. So put verse 33 there. You see what Jesus says there. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by the fruit. So don't try to change the fruit on the outside. Change the tree that is growing. Are you following what I'm saying? Some people have massive trees on the inside that is bringing forth fruit. The same effort. Listen to me. Same effort. I've told you, you same 24 hours. Same effort. They are praying the same time other people are praying. The same amount of time. Some people are even fasting more than them. But the tree, even in the fast, they are reinforcing the wrong tree. Are you following what I'm saying? You, you, no, please, you, you get what I'm saying? All right? They are reinforcing it. The tree that is growing. So you want to change. So there are some people that will look at it. It depends on the tree that is growing. All right? People look at things and say, look, the tree we are growing here is much bigger than this. We don't do this stuff again. Okay? And the fruits are just coming out. Uh, you come out and say, so what happened? Oh, I was on a flight to this place. I met this person. Ah, but you said you too. You went on that flight 10 times. You didn't meet anybody. The tree. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? The tree. All right? Somebody went somewhere and said this. The tree was growing. And said, I went to the dentist. Oh, it has even happened to two people in this church. They went to dentists. I mean, when we just started this church, both of them got married to dentists. Now, you say, well, let's go to dentists. If the tree for marriage is not there, they will inject you wrongly, you find it. <laughs> so it's about what is growing. All right? So you'll find people that are doing great things, they're at ease. Are you following what I'm saying? Because they have done the work to change the tree. That's what the real work is. Because once the tree has changed, then what is going to be coming out, all right, effortlessly. I mean, I mean, the orange tree is not saying we are struggling to produce orange fruits. Ah, ah, ah. But it is a struggle. It says it's impossible. You can't have another tree growing inside and then produce something else. So I want to show you now, therefore, how evil men produce things in witchcraft. Okay? I'm going to show you how it works. Uh, when, when, you say, when you say people are firing arrows, they say it's uh, village people following them. Let me show you what the village people are doing. 
Because Christians, I won't get into this, Christians don't know the power they have. But they somewhat believe more in demons than in, than in God. The power of demons than power of God. I'm telling you, born again, tongue-talking Christians. That is why. is the African consciousness that is still there. No Bible. Do you get what I'm saying? Let me tell you this. Somebody said, this somebody who is a Christian, said, from now on, for public officers to be honest, and it will happen if you do it so, it will happen. He said, let them swear by gods, not by Bible or Quran, because that one won't work. Bring <laughs> the idol and put down a coffin, tell them to cross, and say, if I steal anything, that they will not touch anything. It's the truth. Because their consciousness is close to occultism. Are you following what I'm saying? It's inside them. Okay? I mean, I said once, I watched one program, it was a Nollywood thing, and at the end, I was almost going to say, praise God, I said, this is demonic. Because it was a film I saw at the end, well, they took this man to the shrine, they said he did something in the village, and, he did it, and then instantly he became crippled from the gods. Then he now got born again. They were taking him to church. Every day, praying. Nothing happened. Pray, pray. This is how he was doing. He walked small, therefore, small, small, small. Then at the end of the film, after six months of going to church every day, he got up and said, glory be to God. When the demon did his own, instant. When is God's own? It's <laughs> and people accepted it and at the end of the day, praise God. We thank God. I said, this is demonic. It is programming us to think the demonic power is instantaneous. I want to show you something. So you ask a Christian, he says the accident that is on the road that happened, it was some witches that met. Now listen to this. So, two days before that particular point, I released something that just made accidents happen on that spot. Okay, we've agreed with you. Now we ask you, can't Christians to meet and without any fiscal effort create prosperity? Do you get what I'm saying? If you accept that witches met, and every disease just came into the area, then can't Christians meet and healing comes into the area? Or did Jesus not say, this is like the wind that is blowing? Which means that from your consciousness, all right, that's what, what Dr. Bill Winston said was powerful at Warbeck. He said, listen, he said, you can take 10,000 spirits and sit all of them on one chair. The realm of the spirit is different. All I want you, all right? But you can't take 10,000 human bodies, physical bodies, and put them. Because one, when they came to me, the demon, uh, the man says, how many demons? I said, a legion. You know what the legion is? All in one man, one spot. So how do they do it? Look at what they do. Proverbs 16, verse 29. A violent man does what? Entices his neighbor and leadeth him into a way that is not what? Good. So they will say, it's programming. Okay? Yorubas will say, <laughs> which means you just start taking decisions that are not good until you self-destruct. Alright? They will say that there is so. He entices him and leads him into a way that is not good. How did he do it? Put that scripture up again. A violent man entices his neighbor and leads him into a way that is not good. How? Verse 13. He shutted his eyes to devise forward things, moving his lips. He causes it to happen. 
So he closes his eyes and then moves his lips and begins to say certain things and he releases power to make people distrust. Now, here is the problem. When you pray, don't we close eyes? What do you see when you close your eyes? That's the problem. Because you are not seeing the results. You are seeing pounded yam. While... <laughs> the purpose... <laughs> you are laughing. This is serious. The purpose of shutting your eyes is to see. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, so let me quickly go on here. All possession, therefore, on the outside starts with an accumulation of thoughts in line with that experience on the inside of yourself. That's when it says in abundant measure. Once those thoughts get into abundant, then manifest. To experience quantum leaps, then the tree that produces that fruit must be planted and it must grow. Once that happens, the fruit of the events are effortless. If the tree is wrong, you'll be reaching for a mirage in the desert. Emptiness. Incubation, therefore, is the voluntary exercise of meditating on the truth to produce a consciousness inside your heart that is in total possession of that experience before the symptoms or what we call the signs now begin to show up. So, law number two, and I will stop at this particular point. Right? The question you need to ask yourself is what really is in your heart? Uh, you have to ask yourself, what's the dream that you really have on the inside of yourself? What is there in your heart? Define it. Know what your heart, all right, the Bible says it is. It, a, a man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So what's the thing that is inside your heart there? Uh, define what is inside. Uh, Jesus said, what sort of things you desire? Which meant, what is there within? Because it takes staying power. And, and, and this thing has to be a treasure. This thing has to be what you want for you to be able to stay with it. Then the next thing you've got to do is, and I'll show this from the scripture, you have to start reimagining your world that particular way and then communicate that to God in prayer and then God will respond and do something here. So, you'll start reimagining your world. What do we mean by this? That's the starting point there. And I'll show you in scripture. You start reimagining your world. And start reimagining your world. You know, when I was imagining it and looking at it, so, so a person says, my business is going to grow to this level, but let's just say you have 50 clients. You say 1,000 clients. Now, with the 50 clients, everybody's overworked. With the 50 clients, there's no space. So, you, are, you have to reimagine how it will be with a thousand people. How many staff will be there? What type of site? What, you know, you are reimagining your world. And I'll show what this happens. So I started imagining it, how the church is, and started doing that. So I, I, you get stuck. That how many people can you put inside the Gomu Center, which is the largest place? One time I was thinking about it. And God said, who told you that that's supposed to be the largest place? The fact that that doesn't mean that's supposed to be a large place. Don't you remember? And then something clicked. You see, when you were doing that, then something clicked on the inside. You start having experiences, light starts coming. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, quickly. It says, in the beginning God created the earth. Now, in the beginning God did what? Created the heaven and the earth. Two things. And then something happened to the second one. Verse 2. 
It says, and the earth was without form and void. Now, if you read that in, in Hebrew, it says, and the earth became. What God didn't create it with form and void. It became without form and void. All right? And then darkness was upon the face of the deep. Uh, it, I, I touched on this on Thursday, but if you do an expository on this, the earth was in existence. You know, that's why people say, oh, these archaeologists, they don't know what they're saying. They'll say they found something 100,000 years ago was on the earth. It's wrong. The earth is 6,000. God created man. They're lying. Nah, nah, nah. Nah. They're correct. All right? What they're saying that there were signs of life before man. The earth became. That's what it means here. The heavens remained the world it was. But Lucifer was on the earth, and therefore, based on his sin, the earth became without form and void. All right, and then darkness was upon the face of the deep, right? And then the Spirit of God began to hover over it or moved on it. Put the Amplified of verse 2. Quickly, Amplified of verse 2. It says, The earth was without form and an empty waste. God didn't create it that way. And darkness was upon the face of the great deep. And then the Spirit was moving, that's up, brooding over the face of the water. So the Holy Ghost began to move on the waters. And what he was doing was reimagining the earth, the way it's going to be, reimagining it. What's going to come out of this chaos? Reimagining, all right, that particular thing. Then God did something. The next thing God said was, in verse 3, he said, let there be what? Light. Now, what does that mean? Remember we said a good man out of what? The good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart. So, God said, let there be light. Now, what's this light? This light is not the sun and the moon because that was created on the fourth day. This light means let there be illumination concerning what you are seeing. Let there be illumination. Let it be clear as to how what you are hovering over that particular thing, all right, will be done, okay? Now, you think about this. If you have an architect and you give him a contract to build a house, he says he has design, you start building, then he gets to one place and says, ah, ah, so what are we going to do now? Ah, let me see you. Let me check. You ask him, did you know from the beginning what the design will be? He said, no. You know, I said, we'll just, we'll, we'll make shift. And you, you will say you useless actor. Now, well, some of us, our own lives will behave that way. In other words, we don't understand the power, all right, of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. This same spirit. All right, once you start doing that, the Holy Ghost, all right, on the inside begins to move within your heart concerning that thing. And then you start reimagining how it will be. Then God says, let there be light. What's this light? It is, let there be illumination concerning it. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. It tells us, all right, for verse 6. It says, God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. That's that beginning. So when he said, let there be light, he says, has shone inside our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of his glory in the face of Jesus. The face of means he gives the light so we know what is in the thoughts of Jesus. The thoughts of Jesus are communicated to you. He says, then he went on and says, we have this treasure, verse 7. And what's that treasure, that light? We have it in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power will be seen because a good man out of the good treasure. So the treasure inside your heart is the light, which is the revelation, all right, that God gives. 
Because what has happened is the God of this world has blinded the minds of people that cannot believe. And now we've looked at that and said, well, he's talking about unbelievers who are Christians. That's not what he's talking about. He wrote that thing to Christians. He was saying that if anybody be lost, look, when somebody's lost, then God doesn't know where you are. God knows where you are because all things lie naked and open. So you're not, God doesn't say, God is not saying you are lost. I can't find you. What he's saying is that you don't know where you are. You are lost. If they take you to a particular place and you're looking around and say, well, I'm lost. I don't know where I am. Now, what's going on? is saying this. Many people, they are lost on the earth. They, they don't know what's going on. They are around what's going on. What, you know, where am I going to? What's all this? He says it's the God of this world that has blinded their minds. He's blocked the thoughts, alright, that should come from me. And the way to get it is that you turn to me and do what Paul said in Ephesians 1 verse 16. He said, I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of your understanding, alright, now verse 17, Pray that the Father, all right, verse 17, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened that you may come to know, right? So the eyes of your, that word understanding is mind. Your mind be opened up to the thoughts of God concerning it. So as you start reimagining the next thing we said, take it to God in prayer. You have because you ask not. Then ask him definite requests. God, I'm asking you for this, all right, 25,000, that's what I'm asking you for. And then what God does is let there be light. Do you get what I'm saying there? It's not saying that, first of all, let's go and do something. It says let there be light inside you. Once that light starts coming, then it becomes clear to you what you need to do for that thing to happen. Do you get what I'm saying? These are experiences of light on the inside of yourself when he says let there be light on the inside so his thoughts come to you that that gives light proverbs chapter 16 and verse 3 tells us proverbs 16 and verse 3 quickly it says commit thy works unto the lord and what will happen thy thoughts shall be what established so he will now, now the thought is rain begins to fall on your life for well, it says, as the heavens are higher, so are my thoughts and my ways. You start seeing the ways and the thoughts of God. All right? Proverbs 21 and verse 5. It says, the thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but everyone that is hasty only to want. So if you are hasty, you go out prematurely, then there's want. When you stay there, you get the thoughts of God concerning it. Now I continue from this next week. Because it says, God who commanded the light has shone in our heart. Now, it's the same thing it says. That we, it says that, it says we have a more sure word of prophecy. You will do well to take heed on, as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns. So, you offer your prayer unto God, and then you open the word of God, and light starts coming from the scriptures to you. Then it says, take heed to that light. All right? Pray daily. Because the path of the just has a light that shineth brighter and brighter. The intensity of the light will grow every day. So you keep asking for more light concerning, more thoughts concerning it. David said, your thoughts towards us are more than can be numbered. It's like rain that is coming until you are brainwashed. Do you get what I'm saying? The thoughts of God has washed. He said, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I shall make them white as snow. The thoughts of God brainwashes you to the point where you get up and you now say it is possible. How do you know? The information you have been receiving while you are incubating. Now, other people who are doing their stuff, you start with your stuff. 
And what I'm going to show you is how to meditate. Because once you get the light, you sit down. He says, until the day dawns. We have thought. You read it, you see it, you go, you come back, you read it. No. You sit with it. You switch off the lights. All right? And then you start declaring your vision and then start taking all the scriptures and start meditating on it and start meditating in a place of quietness so you are not distracted or disturbed by anything. And then you are meditating and meditating and declaring it and meditating. And then the Holy Ghost is breaking those scriptures. Light is coming. It's growing on the inside. You are seeing how it will happen. You are seeing. You come out of that place. It is the most difficult. What I told you now is the most difficult thing for any human being to sit still. Which means you put down a chair and sit still. And then you are incubating and taking in the word of God. It's no longer just what you know. It's entering your system. It's redefining your life. It's showing you you're having encounters. It transforms your consciousness. You come out, things happen and you know you have changed. The way you respond to things are changed. You yourself, you're wondering what happened. You didn't know how deep the Holy Ghost worked with you when you sat to meditate. Do you get what I'm saying here? The Holy Ghost shows you. Just breaks. You see that place you went to that day that you walked past? You saw that thing you saw that you were wondering, you just saw, that place is the place you should go to. Then you understand why you went there that day, or you missed your way and went through a particular way. Then you know you are now dealing with the supernatural. Are you following what I'm saying? One of the great healing evangelists, he had seen, somebody told me, he said, they asked one of Archbishop's children, how does your father pray before miracles? He locks the door and sits down on his one spot for eight hours. And you just be hearing mutter things, mutter things. And you say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it just like this. I'll do it just like this. Everything that will happen in the meeting, the Holy Ghost shows him before the thing. Encounters with the Holy Ghost on the inside of yourself. This changes the shape of your heart. It's not that you are doing guesswork or you're a fearful person forming spiritual. Do you get what I'm saying? Where they say, come and cast the devil out. You are even more afraid than, than them. You say, come out, come out. But fear is what is coming out. But it's something that has been ingrained on the inside. So if you're here this morning, I want to pray here. And you are not, because this hovering here has to do with the Holy Ghost. Okay? So I'm just going to pray it one way. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, all right, baptize the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. To so get into this thing that I want to do, it is imperative that you have that because the spirit of God that hovers over that particular thing helping you to reimagine. So with all heads bowed and eyes closed, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Pray for us individually and corporately that you will open up the eyes of our understanding this week that thoughts concerning the dream and vision you've placed inside us will rain as a flood tide into our consciousness, changing the shape of our hearts and bringing us into perfect alignment with you that we can rise from the place of meditation to decree things and they'll be established in the name of Jesus Christ. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, if you are here, all right, quickly, we've all done this, and you are not filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, that presupposes that some other things might not be there. So if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit and you want to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit this morning, I just want you to lift up your right hand where you are. All right? Just lift up your right hand. God bless you. Any other person? God bless you. Any other person? God bless you. All right? God bless you. Okay? Quickly, put up your hand. God bless you. God bless you. Any other person? Now, those of you with all heads bowed, eyes closed, those of you that hands are lifted up, can you just quickly stand to your feet? Just stand to your feet. I'll pray for you right here. And all right. 
And then the gentleman who is standing right here, just see him on this spot immediately after the service. Father, I pray for every single person standing on their feet. They've stood up, some to receive Jesus Christ and then to receive the Holy Ghost. I ask by the power of that same spirit that you will remove every inhibition within them, every belief system that contradicts this, that as soon as they are prayed for, instantly they will get a full infilling of your spirit with the evidence of speaking other tongues in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you. speak on we have a two-week series on uh, um, incubating your expectations for this year the practice of incubating your expectations for the year and then after that I want to go back and teach on and we talked about this during our conference work Honor the power that is in the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe that is the most powerful tool uh, when it comes to things in our arsenal there in the use of the spoken word of God. That is confessions that are consistent with what the blood of Jesus Christ has done for us. Uh, it will produce enormous power within our situations. But we're looking at incubating upon your expectation. And we gave out this, if you can put it up there, um, um, a chart here about the four quarters within the year. So in the four, first quarter, what we are emphasizing is incubating your expectations. In other words, you have certain expectations for this particular year and the principle of incubating these things. Then the second one, emphasizing breaking out of the box or any form of limitation in the second quarter of the year. Then running without any hindrance in the third quarter. And the final quarter there is finishing 2020 strong. Now the importance of and the practice of incubating your expectations, incubating that. Uh, we have said that this year, uh, 2020 declared it, put up the second image to be the year of quantum leaps, where leap is in plural tense. That is not just a single event that happens, but several events that happens. 
at a quantum leap is a sudden, dramatic, to others on the outside, unexpected breakthrough experience that advances your position on the earth. And people on the outside think it as something impossible. So we redefine that, or we define it again, as a sudden, right, to those on the outside, unexpected. Now, to you, it's not unexpected. For those on the outside, it's unexpected, but it's a sudden, dramatic, it draws the attention of every single person, eyeballs go on you, right? Dramatic breakthrough experience. A breakthrough experience means a ceiling was shattered. Uh, what people thought couldn't happen, happened in your life suddenly. A dramatic breakthrough experience that advanced your position on the earth. So a year of quantum leaps is a series during this year of sudden, dramatic, breakthrough experiences that significantly advance your position on the earth. Now, first thing we've got to understand is if you want to produce more results in your life and bring forth greater fruits and change the experiences or the outcomes in your life in dramatic ways, then you must cultivate a more knowledgeable approach to your life and to the things that you set out to do. That is, you must cultivate experiences change because people are more knowledgeable when they attempt certain things. So with more knowledge, you're going to something, being more knowledgeable about what it takes, your approach to that particular thing is different, and so the outcome becomes completely different. And so if we say that it's changing to a year of the quantum leaps, then we've got to understand that our knowledge or body of knowledge we use to work in 2020 must far exceed the body of knowledge we put into practice in 2019. That is, we are more informed about things, we have a better understanding about things. And so when it comes to strictly now, church matters because a church is predominantly a spiritual all right, experience. It means that your knowledge of the workings of things spiritual greatly, is greatly advanced, the body of knowledge you use to approach things, knowledge of spiritual things there, is greatly advanced, so the outcomes within your life radically change. Uh, the Bible tells us that, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be to thy soul when you have found it. There shall be a reward, and what's the reward? Your expectations shall not be cut off. Now, what that means is every expectation you have, all right, every expectation that you have, uh, and you expect things to happen, it is a body of knowledge. It's the knowledge you must know 
all right, come to know something about God's wisdom concerning that particular thing in order for that experience uh, to materialize. Uh, so there's the wisdom level that delivers that particular thing. And when you come into the knowledge of the wisdom that delivers it, you come to know what it takes to deliver, and you put that into practice, then things change on the outside. So it's a year of growth in terms of our knowledge base. The body of knowledge we are using in life, all right, dramatically increases also in order to command uh, multiple forms of what we expected um, last year. There. So it's important th um, that we understand uh, this here. So it's a change, right, in uh, our knowledge base. Uh, now, so we said, in order to start, all right, incubating, so one of the things we must understand as part of that knowledge is incubating upon your dreams or your expectations, incubating upon that. The Bible says, wisdom answereth all things. I was thinking about it yesterday, there is nothing you face that wisdom, all right, cannot resolve the issue. Wisdom answers all things. Everything can be solved. Nothing is impossible. It answers, all right, to some level of wisdom. Wisdom answereth all things. Gets the right wisdom into that particular thing, and what you thought was impossible becomes the natural effect of the steps that you are taking. You are in any situation, you say it's hopeless. It's not hopeless. There is a body of knowledge that if it enters into your heart, you turn that situation completely around. You bring out victory from defeat. You bring out success from apparent failure. You bring out life in its fullness from a death-filled situation. So we must start, all right, understanding the practice of incubating on our dreams. Now, what does it mean to incubate? Incubation is the time, all right, period between when an individual or a person, right, is exposed to some substance that enters into that person, and when uh, you're now, the symptoms of that thing begins to show, or the signs of the existence of that thing begins to show. So incubation, I mean, God forbid, don't come your way, but there is a virus out now called the coronavirus, and I said the incubation period is 14 days. What do they mean? That when a host comes in contact with it and it gets into the body of that person, it will take 14 days, which means you see the person, nothing changes. You don't know the person is carrying that particular virus. And then after the 14th day, on the 15th day, it breaks out and it becomes visible. The symptoms now appear. So incubating your expectation means that you have chosen to become a host to certain ideas or dreams and ideas about your future, uh, the things, all right, about your future. You've decided to be a host to these things, and that's a decision you have got to make because once you become a host, it means that you are now paying attention to that particular thing. You are serving that particular thing. You are feeding that particular thing. You are tending to that particular thing. And then it grows and develops on the inside of you. And then it gets to a point where it breaks out and has a life of its own. 
and begins to produce results on the outside. So first of all, it requires a host. So you choose to be the host, which means I will host this expectation. I'll be a host to this. I will be a host to these ideas and to these thoughts. Nobody knows about it, but I will make all the necessary adjustments in my own personal life to accommodate this vision about this year, this vision I have for my life. As, as Jesus said, I, I sanctified myself. The word sanctification means separate yourself, which means you are paying attention to that thing. You, you've decided to be a host, all right, to that particular thought, that vision, and that idea. And then you incubate upon it. It's only known to you at that particular point in time. And you are practicing quietly the principle of incubation there. And doing that, that is what you are doing about the vision. You are not going out trying to fulfill it. You are incubating upon that particular vision until it breaks out from within you just like a virus and the symptoms or the signs of it begins to show on the outside. Now, the truth about life is this. If any person incubates on any idea for a period of time, that idea must develop and grow on the inside of that person, and after some time, the visible signs are now seen. So you take an idea and a thought, and you incubate upon it for a period of time, it will break out as a law on the outside. That's what the scripture refers to. It's not talking about secrets, that gossip, and there's nothing that is secret that will not come out in the open. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that there's nothing hid or kept secret. There's nothing you hide on the inside, all right, of yourself and keep it there that will not, as a principle, if you hide it within yourself and you are tending to it, it will be brought into the open one day. That's why in the context of that teaching, it said, the kingdom of God, therefore, is as if a man hid his seed inside the ground, where the ground became the human heart. And so he hid it on the inside and became a host to that particular idea and thought. And, and, and didn't make noise about it, didn't say anything, but was practicing what we call, we want to look at, incubation on it. And then after some time, without any effort on the part of that person, it begins to appear, all right? And when it begins to appear, then it can be transferred into other people. People buy into it. It begins to affect other people. And Paul was telling Timothy about this principle in 1 Timothy 4.15, he said, meditate upon these things. That's we could say incubate upon it. Give yourself wholly. And that's what it means to be a host. So you give yourself wholly unto them that thy profiting may appear. So you want anything to appear unto men, it comes by you meditating upon that particular thing. So you want a business to one day appear unto people. And then they see the office, and it has 10 floors, you know, and you go in. It's because there was a time that you were just a host, and the only person who hosted that particular thing, 
and you are incubating upon it and incubating upon it. And then after some time, it broke out there, caused you to meet people, all right, at certain times. And as you met the people uh, and did things, all right, with the people, then, you know, stuff now begins, all right, to happen. You know, recently I was in England and I saw somebody in a, in a shop in a mall. I was going to, from the train station to my hotel, so I had to walk through a mall. And so this lady just walked up and said, hey, Pastor, how are you? I said, I'm fine, how are you? She said, well, I listen to you. You know, I go to this church in London, but I listen to you. I just listened to you this morning. All right, I, 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 I try to catch up with all of what I beg, but I've recorded everything, and I've been listening to it every day. So she got talking, said, I tried to reach you. I talked to this person. I wanted to do something in Nigeria. I sent you a mail. I said, well, I can't, I can't remember. All right, okay, okay. So what was that about? She said everything. And then at the end, I said, all right, right, right. And I stopped. I turned back to her. I said, I don't, you don't want my number. You're right. You can use this number. If you send me a WhatsApp message on it in five minutes, I will, I will see it and I will respond to you. So as I turned, she said, you know what you preach works. I said, why? He said, you know, I've been trying to meet you, trying to meet you. But you always say that if we plant the seed, the seed by itself, that the earth will bring forth the seed. He said, I tried and tried and it didn't work out. I met somebody, all right, who spoke to your wife. and said, now I was just walking home on my own, all right, after I left my office, and here are you walking towards me, and we meet coincidentally, and then you are the one even offering me how to reach you directly in five minutes. She said, it works now, all right? So you try for something out of season, you struggle, you try for something in season, all right? And it's like the fruit, and it just manifests there. So it's a time where the substance, incubation, must undergo development within your, the host before it can successfully, and the success of the spread is based on this incubation period. It's just like the success of a tower is based on the foundation that is hidden. The success there of a plant is based on how well it is rooted. So the success there is based on how they successful it developed on the inside within the heart then it now starts spreading on the outside without this period of incubation there then there will be a premature exposure because incubation means it develops to the point where it can now confront the harsh realities on the outside and it can be defeated by anything on the outside and that's why incubation happens and so in incubation there, you maintain a favorable temperature and condition for that particular thing to grow and to develop. So during that time, you're maintaining a favorable um, temperature. You keep it at a temperature. What do we mean by this? Uh, the hen lays the eggs and then goes and then always comes back, sits on the eggs, starts incubating, all right, and broods over them and it's incubating, sitting. And why is the hen sitting on the eggs to make sure that the eggs maintain a certain, are always at a certain temperature there, are kept at that particular temperature, because if it gets cold, then the development stops. And so if the heart gets cold on the inside, then the vision begins to die. So it has to be, all right, kept alive. That incubation, there must be a temperature there, which means so your level of enthusiasm and all of that doesn't wane. It has to be kept at that point. Now, in this particular time, you are not yet doing anything on the outside. What you are doing here, I want to talk about this, is incubating. 
And it's because people don't do this. That's why people go out and prematurely and they fail. So the hen, the behavior of the hen changes. And it's required that in this first quarter, your behavior also changes in this light. For the hen, after lays the eggs, is connected to the eggs. Goes out, does the regular things, but at certain periods, you don't see the hen again. And once you know the hen has eggs there, and you come out, you don't see the hen, you know that, oh, it's going to incubate. And so when you have that dream, right, the first behavioral change here is your dedication to the process of incubating upon that particular dream and that thought and that idea there. So there are times where maybe after work we'll have gone to certain places, you choose not to go to those places. That's what sanctification means, all right? It means separation onto something, all right? So you choose not to go to those places. You separate yourself to this because you want to incubate upon this particular vision. Luke chapter 12, verse 34, all right? Jesus spoke about this. He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart also. So the hen, the eggs, they are the treasure of the hen. And so the hen's heart is with the eggs. All right? Always. The hen can be doing things, but now that the eggs are there, the consciousness of the hen is tied to those eggs. So your consciousness must be tied to your expectations this year. Now, if you allow, and many people, if you allow it to get cold and you just, you know, get cold, I'm not saying you, are, you, are, you just get cold over it, then it won't grow and develop for there to be manifestation. So it says this, uh, your treasure is there, your heart is also, and then the next verse, it says, let your loins be guarded about, that's protect your heart, is what it's saying here, the loins there, protect your heart, and let your lights be burning, all right? So keep the lights burning, the flame going on. Keep it warm. And then 36, it says this, and you yourselves like men that wait for the Lord, so you're waiting for something, as you sit upon your vision, when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, that you may open unto him immediately. So when the eggs hatch, you know that something is now going on, the signs begin to show on the outside. Now many fail because they step out prematurely. It's their dream. Uh, God placed it inside their heart. It, it, it's the life force that is on the inside of them. But they attempted it and failed at it, just like Moses failed at first try at his dream. And that's because they stepped out prematurely. All right? They stepped out before, and doesn't, when we say prematurely, it doesn't mean before a certain date on the calendar, which means the date for his fulfillment was July 5th. You stepped out on April 3rd. If only you had waited for July the 5th, then it would have happened on the 6th. All right? What he's talking about is not a certain time on the calendar, but it's about stepping out of timing. There's a difference between time and timing. When we say timing there, we are saying that the process of incubating either was not in existence or wasn't completed for there to be the birth of that vision, so you are out of timing. Now, it's not that you are out of a set date, a particular date, but the timing there. So if you had waited and incubated upon it, it was going to take three weeks of doing that, and then after it was incubated and became developed on the inside and broke out, then you stepped out when the door, all right, there was a knock on the door, then you are in sync, in sync with the timing of God there. 
all right? But if there is no incubation, then that door will, that, there will never be that knock on the door. And so it's not about a set date. It's about the, maturity, the maturing of that particular thing so you are in line with the timing there. So if you don't incubate on it, then if, if, if it could have happened April 3rd, no incubation, then it could have happened July, depending on when you complete, all right, that meditation upon it, then it begins. So when it starts, the profiting will appear. It's not that you made it appear, it says the profiting appears. It just uh, shows up. So I want to talk about quickly two laws here of incubation in terms of practice. Now, I just want to get to one thing today. I just want to preach one thing there. Okay, and it's pretty strong in the sense that if people are not used to, right, their understanding of the kingdom of God, then it will shake, all right, and then extend their certain things within their heart. Now, first thing you've got to understand, and I'll show this from scripture, all things that enter into the life of a person, which means the things that you will see in the life of a person, all right, the events that happen in the life of that person are things that proceed or come out of the consciousness of that person or the heart of that person. Is what you see in a person's life, what is possible, is what is in their heart and consciousness, that's what you see in their experience. It's not necessarily the will of God that you are seeing. God might be willing, all right, is want something to happen, Okay? Uh, the enemy wants something to happen at Satan. What we are going to see is what is inside the consciousness of people, which means what is inside their heart. And so that gives us some sense of understanding a principle, which means if you live according to that principle, you can change the outcomes of your life. For what we see in people's lives is what is within their heart. So what God intends to do is, first of all, what if God wants his will to come to pass, first of all, he has to gain entrance into the heart of that person. And then when he gets into the heart of that person and becomes part of the consciousness of that person, then it enters into their lives. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you. Now, let me tell you this, everybody has 24 hours. So prayer time, no matter how much you pray, there's a limit. I say, well, I prayed four hours. Somebody else too, they prayed. How come somebody prayed four hours with fasting? Got nothing. Got 50 people. Another prayed four hours with fasting. 
500,000 people, same time, the consciousness of both of them are different. The state of their heart is completely different. The one person's heart has been changed. So their expectation when they kneel down is that this is going to happen. Another person's heart, all right, has this limit. So the principle is the same. Some who operate in darkness are aware of this. And I'll show you how they, you'll see it, uh, how they do witchcraft. You see it in the Bible now. Don't do it all, but I'll show you. How they do. Some who operate in darkness are aware, and by it they influence the masses, the way they so choose. Now, the principle was stated by Jesus. That is, the principle is the same. Right? Is the usage that is different. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 35. The principle remains the same. Jesus said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man who wants to bring out evil, it is out of the evil treasure in his heart that he brings forth evil. So a good man brings it forth from the treasure that is in his heart. An evil man brings it from what he too treasures in his heart that is evil. So good and evil are brought forth the same way. The principle is the same. Then Jesus now taught again that you cannot express powers you don't possess. You cannot all right, experience in your life what you don't already have inside you. If you have not received it inside, like we explained, you can't express it on the outside. You cannot. He said this in verse 34. Look at what he said here. He said, O generation of vipers, how can ye be evil? Which means what is inside your heart is that evil treasure. How can you speak good things? You cannot produce what you don't have inside. He said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? Speaks. So if you don't have it in you, you cannot produce it on the outside. You can't express powers that you don't already have on the inside of yourself. Then the third one he said was, he then explained that every visible fruit, all right, that you see on the outside is coming from an invisible tree that is growing inside the person. So the tree is invisible, and everybody has a tree that is growing, and the fruit you see in your life is based on the tree that is growing on the inside. So you want to change the fruit to quantum leaps, which means fruits of quantum leaps there will be dropping as you experience there. All right? It says, now the work you have to do is not trying to produce the quantum leap on the outside. Change the tree into the quantum leap tree. Cut down what, was, what is there, then plant seeds of that quantum leap, let it grow and develop into a tree, then the fruit begins to manifest on the outside. He said this in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. He said, before that, he said, either make the tree good, then the fruit will be good, or else make the tree corrupt. And I taught this earlier on, and then the fruit corrupt. For the tree is known. So don't deal with the fruit, deal with the tree. The fruit is what we are seeing. The tree is what we cannot see that is producing it. So go and change the tree growing on the inside. And then the fruit on the outside will change. So if you've done the work to change the tree, and that tree is growing, and it's the right tree, then the same way other people simply are. You say, well, now, now you go and meet people, and you will find out that 
the physical exertion there, you know, it's a tree that is growing. Now they've done serious work to change that tree. Serious work. To cut it down. Press the axe on that tree and remove it. And then bring about a total change. Something else is growing. Real work. But then once that happens, then the fruit begins to drop periodically every month. And it's the fruit of very powerful things. So, all possession on the outside starts by accumulation of right thoughts on the inside. So let me show you how people yeah, right, bring forth evil. Now, in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 29. Now, let's just look at this scripture here. And this is how witchcraft operates. A violent man enticeth his neighbor and leadeth him into a way that is not good. So people say that it's village people that made someone do something. Which means they lead you into a way that is not good. A violent man leads him. Now, how does he do it? Next verse. He shutteth his eyes to devise forward things. Moving his lips, he bringeth evil to pass. The way you influence that person, shut his eyes. To devise what will happen. Started moving the lips. You know, you know, people believe more in the power of darkness, I'm telling you in their consciousness, because the people have been raised, particularly in Africa. The tendency of Africa is to believe more in the power of the occult and witches. Listen, if you see people, for example, I said once, they asked us in fellowship, was the define the gift of the son of spirit? We got up. Is the ability for you to recognize the demon that is in operation? The man told me, said, wait, stop now. The son of spirit doesn't mean demon. It, it is seen into the realm of the spirit, whether angels, but we are so quick to do demon. Okay? Because there's that consciousness there. Because of the background, all right, the Africa. So somebody said once, and I agree with him. He said, you see all these politicians stealing money? It's because they are swearing by Bible and Quran because they don't think those things will affect them. If they put a coffin and they put a man who was shaking, a witch doctor, and said, cross here, if you steal one naira, your first son, they will, he said, listen, they will either not do it because they will believe that it will affect them. Now, I was watching a film, Nollywood once. I just stumbled on it. And when I finished, they said, glory to God in the highest. Jesus Christ is Lord. I said, this is demonic. This is not Jesus Christ Lord. What happened? A man, they said, did something in the village that wasn't right. They took him to the shrine. And instant judgment, he was crippled. So they were pushing him. And this is to the glory of Jesus. The people were born again. That were doing Jesus' film. So he got born again. And they started praying and fasting. Take him for prayers every day. You see them pray, pray. The man will still be like, finally, after six months of fasting prayer, the film ended by him getting up like this. And then they said, Glory to God and Jesus in the highest. I said, When he was the demon, instant. When is Jesus? <laughs> I said, This is demonic. Purely demonic. Because it leaves you with the consciousness that the devil works faster than God. And the Bible says the God that answers by fire. Can you see how you can change? Are you following what I'm saying? <laughs> I remember, I mean, I don't mean, but I remember when we were in school. You know, they released that song, which was a charity song, We Are the World. Uh -huh. And the president of fellowship said that that song is demonic. I said, What is it? They are trying to raise money. He said, Listen, as God has shown us by changing stone to bread, 
He said, the Jesus, what they're saying is that God has shown us by responding to the temptation of Satan because Jesus didn't change it. That song says Jesus changed it. Do you see in very subtle ways? So, if something comes in a religious way, there's a tendency for you to absorb it. And then it enters your consciousness. So, incubation there. All right? So, experience quantum labs, the tree that produces the fruit of quantum labs, must be planted on the inside. And once that happens, then the fruit of the event of your life is effortless, will start coming. If the tree is wrong, you'll be reaching out in effort, doing things. I'm wondering why we are doing the same thing. How come? By doing the same thing. There's a different tree on the inside. They've mastered the art of God is at work in you first, both to will and to do, then you work out your salvation. If that work is not complete inside, then you can't work out anything on the outside. So the salvation, that's why it says the end of your faith is not salvation manifested on the outside, is the salvation of your soul. Because once your soul is saved, the Bible says that I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health, even as your what? Soul prospers. And I agree completely with this. I heard a man say this. Take a man who his soul is at a level of, all right, running a company that gets a, a, a turnover of 2 million naira. Make him the CEO of a company that the turnover is 200 million. He will start making wrong decisions in all the sincerity of his heart until that company drops from 200 million to 2 million, then he'll start taking the right decisions because that's the size of his soul. Take somebody else who the size of his soul is 200 million. Give him a 2 million company. He will grow that thing effortlessly to 200 million. Effortlessly. He will hire the right people. He will make the right decisions because intuitively it's inside him. He will know what to do. He will see it. All right? And that's what is called grace. So incubation, therefore, is a voluntary exercise. Uh, so I want to see this, that changing of the shape of your heart. That moving your heart from a place of failure to a place of success. So a person goes through incubation there, all right, that's, that's, and that's what God is saying. You know, it's, it's renewal of your mind. It's metamorphosis. They, they, it starts as a caterpillar, and, and the caterpillar is there, and God comes and says, that, and prophesies, it is your year of flying, all right, and touching the ceiling of this building, but you are a caterpillar. Now, you now try as a caterpillar to touch the building. It's impossible and difficult. You are jumping, and that's what's happening to people. He says, what I'm saying is spin a cocoon around yourself. The way the caterpillar knows I can never get there until I am still here. And then with the vision of getting to touching that ceiling, be still, because it gets to people and it's there, still inside, without movement. And what is going on is there's a transformation. That's that night we're talking about. And then when it emerges as the butterfly, which means it has the vision, it's looking at. The ceiling is the vision of God. So I'm going to keep my eyes upon that thing, and there's a total transformation. Then I break out, then it becomes natural for me. It is not difficult for a butterfly, but it's impossible to a caterpillar. Do you get what I'm saying? So incubation, therefore, is voluntary exercises, all right, of meditation on the truth to produce the consciousness that is in total possession of that experience, all right, before the symptoms or the signs now begin to appear. 
Now, I'm going to continue from here next week. Let me just drop the thoughts here, okay, because it's enough to have established this. So it's the change, all right, that goes on on the inside. So we are saying our approach to things is not that we're going to, first of all, attempt to do those things. We're saying that we'll spin a cocoon around ourselves and then get transformed. And once we're transformed and the thing breaks, then what happens is, all right, now you didn't tell anybody about it. You walk in in an office. You believe one day you're going to start your own business. Uh, you have that dream business inside you. So you didn't tell anybody. Nobody knows. You don't say, well, I'm resigning to go and start because it might be out of timing. All right? There is no opportunity you have seen. So what people just say is they resign and start hustling. And business, entrepreneurship is not hustling. Entrepreneurship doesn't start with printing a business card. Being a CEO doesn't start by typing CEO. It starts with recognition of genuine opportunity. In other words, you recognize the opportunity ahead of people. So that's how it starts. There is an opportunity here, and there you go for it. So a person knows I'm going to do it. So he sits down in the office, and when they get home, they, they incubate on it. Walks in the office, incubate on it. Now, what happens? When they've incubated long enough, it breaks. The symptoms begin to show. Somebody walks into that office, like the person said, met me in England and said, this thing works. I was trying to get to you. Now you came to me. I was trying to ask you. Now you are offering me your number. Total change in approach. So somebody walks into that office and says, ah, you know, uh, there's this business and just talks about something and shares something and gets up. And it's like the alarm goes, boom, that's it. All right? And you call the person back. I mean, no problem now. Uh, just call the person that will help you do this. And everything just seems like it's working just like that. So you get up, you do this, you do that. And then, the, the, in fact, the initial opportunity placed such a demand on you that you had to resign to fulfill it. Do you get what I'm saying? Not that we, you just say, so who is CEO? I resigned. Okay? I resigned. Okay, that doesn't mean that it's an act of faith. It starts with the recognition of opportunity there. And then you see the opportunity, and then you go with it. So what's really in your heart is what we want to ask. What dream do you have? Uh, now, a uh, difficult le level might be 100. There's no problem with that, provided the desire also is 100. Okay, don't attempt. It's a law of quantum leap. Don't attempt to do what might be easy, but your desire for that thing is low. All right? There is no point. It's just like somebody going to marry somebody they don't love. Okay? They just marry because they want to marry. And they don't love the person. It doesn't work. Right? So, all right, it's better to go after somebody you really like and they said no and you are there doing I shan't agree than to do you understand what I'm saying? All right? So that the day they say yes, finally, when you are taking the vows, you are even crying. They know that this, ah, but, oh boy, you don't know what I did in this. Than to marry someone that, well, child. <laughs> All right? So, so uh, the issue there is difficult, man, 100, that's not the point. What's the dream? Okay? You want to go about it God's way. So, what you want to start doing is, and I'll show the scripture. 
You want to start reimagining your world with that particular dream fulfilled. That's the starting point. And that's where you start, and the Holy Ghost comes in and helps you. So you are reimagining your world. All right? So how many staff are you going to have? You start reimagining. This is where the work is. You start reimagining it. Okay, the 1,000. Where? Are they going to be? How is the office going to be constructed? How is that going to happen? You are now there. Now, now, can you imagine? You say, well, okay, can you imagine building? Jesus said, you want to build a tower. You don't count the cost first. Jesus said it as an act of faith. Now, can you imagine hiring an architect? You want to have a building, an office building, and then it starts, and then you get to first floor. It says, hey, so what are we going to do? Uh, let's look at it. Um, 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 ah. Then you call him. You mean there was no plan at the beginning when you were laying the foundation of how many? It says, no, you know, as we go, we just figure, we go, we figure out, all right? But we do that with our lives. We have not yet reimagined the entire thing from the onset and done that work of, and, and that's where the mental work is. We just want to start lazily and say, God will just come through for me. But God says, I will come through inside you. I, I will break through, I will show you the plan. It says, meditate upon these things. All right, Joshua, it says, this book of the Lord shall not depart, but meditate until you observe so you will see what you should do. So you start there, all right, reimagining it. And then the second thing is the very thing that is in your heart, all right, communicate it to God in prayer, what you want done. Tell God exact thing. You saw what uh, Paul said in, um, I, okay, I didn't call the scripture of Philippians 4. He says, make your definite request. A petition is a definite request. When a petition comes, there's no question about what. If a lawyer goes to court, he has to pray. The court is asking for something. He's asking that the case, he doesn't just say that my, my client is not guilty. He is asking that the court either strikes out the case or the court, there is something that they are going to judge on. And the, the court is only going to give judgment on not what is completely right, but what the lawyer asks judgment for. Do you get what we're saying here? That's why some people look at things and they don't understand law and say, how can this happen? But that is what was brought and argued upon. Not what is right or wrong, is what is presented. If you don't present it in your case, then the judge doesn't have any. Even if he feels that, well, you could have gotten this and this could have happened, he only rules on what is brought before him. Bible says, you are have not because you ask not. All right, now I'm going to close here. So it says in Genesis 1, all right, now, what's now going to happen? Okay, let me just leave that. Let's just go to Proverbs chapter 16. Next, we got that. Verse 3. Proverbs 16, verse 3. It says, commit thy works, all right, unto the Lord. So, the very thing that you want to do, commit it to the Lord. And what is God going to do in return? And thy thoughts shall be what? Established. In other words, when you commit what you want to do or get done this year, God goes to your thought life and gives you the thoughts. That's why it says in Jeremiah 20, 11, 29, 11, I believe, it says, when you seek me, you shall find me if you seek for me with the whole of your heart. And then it tells us that for my thoughts, all right, it says that um, I know the thoughts, or put from verse 10. Verse 10. It says this, For thoughts here, Lord, after seven years shall be accomplished, I will visit and perform my good work to you concerning in this place. All right? It says, For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, see, the Lord, thoughts of peace. Remember in prayer, it says, And the peace of God. 
So you are troubled about how it will happen. Once the thoughts of God start entering into your heart concerning that thing, the peace of God that passeth all understanding will enter, which means he starts as renewal of the mind. He starts changing it. So it says, thoughts of peace are not of evil to give you an expected end. So it's to give you your expectation and the end. So it's going to bring about what you expected. So the thoughts begin to come. Uh, so don't act on without having thoughts from him. So you go there, you imagine, you start praying, and then the thoughts start coming. And as the thoughts start coming as rain from heaven, watering the ground, you know, in the beginning, in the beginning, God said he did not cause it to rain because there was no man to till the ground. It's when rain started falling that the work emerged that the man will do. So it's when rain falls into your heart that the activity you are supposed to do on the outside shows up to make it happen. And that rain is the thoughts of God. So you are there every day. And as you pray and commit, morning by morning opens your ear, thoughts are coming. You come to a place where you are fully persuaded as there's a conversation that is going on between you and God over that thing as you are incubating there. All right? You are incubating upon it. You, 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 you sit with it there. Uh, I'll talk about this next week. You are incubating you, 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 it's almost in your reasoning, as he said. And I said, no, we're not, we're not, we are not re- what do you mean, not reasoning? He says, come, let us do what? Reason together. So he comes and gives you his reasons why it will happen. And so you get to a point where you are seeing things. You are, like the one with each of the said, he said, if I touch them, I don't know about the rest, but if I do it. So you come and you start seeing things inside. The day dawns on the inside of you. The day star rises. You come to a place where it's clear. We do one, two, three, four, pa. We, we, that's it. Right? But it's his thoughts. But you commit your works unto him. Then he gives you the thoughts through which those works will come to pass. All right? And that's the rain that begins to come out of heaven. So next week we will right, look more in, in detail concerning this in terms of of us going up to God in prayer uh, and God himself all right, creating that light on the inside of us. And, and that light is that treasure. We'll see it there that he opens all right, light and then we have the treasure from which the, the abundance from it comes, all right, things to pass. Uh, and, and we sit down and we meditate on that. And that light begins to grow and comes to a point like uh, an architect or the engineer knows exactly what to do you also know exactly what to do. There was a minister once that went, he, he had encounters and he, with the Holy Ghost. So you're having encounters with the Holy Ghost on the inside. And, and when you start having those encounters in meditation there, and, and the word of God starts breaking and light starts coming. And, and you start seeing things, powerful things inside the world. Just like Joseph, the Bible says, when he wanted to put away Mary, as he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared. It wasn't that the angel came and I was flying. In his, in his mind, the angel of God showed him something. Pa, 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 that's it. She's for real. So something opens inside your consciousness there. And, and there's light that comes on the inside. And then you get up and start implementing those thoughts that you have seen and great manifestations begin to happen in your life. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. I ask by the power of your spirit that this week 
You will open up our hearts concerning the things that we have believed, the things that we're expecting in 2020, and give us encounters in your word, light encounters with the Holy Spirit, things that we will see inside. And as we brood over these things, they get translated into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you. Let's um, turn our Bibles this morning. I, we're starting a two-week series. I sincerely hope we can finish it in two weeks uh, because uh, there's another teaching we have got to get to that has to do with the blood of Jesus Christ. All right. So I want to talk about um, the principle of incubation. The principle of incubation. That is incubating upon your expectations this year. Uh, what are the expectations that you have for this year? Understanding that in order for them to happen, there has to be a process that is called incubation. And it's a spiritual process is within the word of God, and we'll get into it this morning. Um, there's just one thing I want to get to this morning, one central point, and I believe it's very important that we understand the principle. In fact, it will take us from being, or it will take people, once they understand and embrace it, from being a religious people uh, to being a spiritual people. Uh, from being uh, um, human beings uh, that are trying to have a spiritual experience. Uh, so spirit beings there that are operating in a human experience there. So it is that we are first primarily spirit beings and we are expressing ourselves in a human form. Not that we are human beings that are trying to get into the realm of the spirit and it's just something that is beyond us or some uh, mystical place that we don't know how it operates and functions. Uh, so we're talking about incubating on your expectations there or incubating your expectations. Uh, the things that you are expecting this year, incubating those things. 
so that they glow on the inside of you and then they hatch within and then they become events within your life. Uh, we've said that this year we have broken it into four quarters. If you can put up the image with the four quarters there. The first quarter there is incubate your expectations. Uh, and that's what we want to teach and emphasize in this particular quarter. And then uh, the second quarter, you break out of that box. Then the third quarter, you run uh, without barriers. And then the fourth quarter, you finish the year strong. So it starts with incubate your, your, your expectations. What are our expectations for this year? We've said the year 2020 is our year of quantum leaps. If you can put the second image up there, a year of quantum leaps. Last year was the year of the quantum leap, which was a singular experience. This year, it is the year of quantum leaps, which is multiple forms of what happened or of a quantum leap. And a quantum leap is a sudden and a dramatic breakthrough experience in one's life. Sudden, dramatic breakthrough experience that advances a person's position on the earth beyond human imagination. Sudden, dramatic, a breakthrough experience that advances one's position. So if we call it the year of quantum leaps, so we're talking about a series of sudden and dramatic breakthrough experiences there where people know you have shattered uh, the ceiling and you have gone beyond the ordinary. Uh, you have stepped into what is considered the supernatural. Uh, and so to get better results at anything that you do, in order to get better results at anything that you do in life, you have to, all right, you must cultivate a more knowledgeable approach. So if you are going to get better results, then you must have a no more knowledgeable approach to that particular thing. Since years are in cycles, and we've experienced 12 calendar months several times on this earth, in order to make this experience completely different and then to have unusual things happening, then we must cultivate a more knowledgeable. So as more knowledge comes into a person, then they can command better experiences or better results at the same things that they are doing. As more knowledge comes in, then they command better results. So it's not just wishful thinking or cunningly devised fables, but it's a question of, the Bible says, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul when you have found it. There shall be, an ex there shall be a reward and your expectation shall not be cut off. In other words, you have expectations. It says it is through the knowledge of wisdom. There is a wisdom there, a body of knowledge that governs the experience that you desire. And once you get familiar 
or you acquaint yourself or you discover that thing, then uh, that experience that you desire becomes the natural thing that happens. I mean, yes, I was just thinking about it. When the Bible says, wisdom answereth all things. In other words, there is no problem that can defy the wisdom of God. There is wisdom that will unravel anything. Uh, there is no height that a particular in, um, 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 well, let me say, impartation of wisdom will not resolve that particular thing. So wisdom there uh, will, will, will cause anything if you get the wisdom for it. So get it out of your vocabulary there that something is impossible, right? You might be ignorant of what it takes to make it happen, but wisdom, the Bible says, answereth all things. Wisdom can and will resolve all issues. So to get better results, we must cultivate a more knowledgeable approach to our lives and the things that we have set out to do. And so we're talking about, all right, knowledge here. And so I want to look at incubation. Incubating, all right, your dreams, your expectations. Uh, now, what's incubation? Or what does it mean to incubate? Uh, incubation is the period, the timer that elapses there, that period between when um, let's just use the word, a substance enters into a body and that substance now develops within that body until it becomes apparent and the symptoms or the signs begin to show on the outside. Uh, God forbid this will all right, never come your way in the name of Jesus, but uh, we have what is called all right, uh, the coronavirus now. And it has an incubation period there of 14 days. In other words, it enters into what is called a host, that is a person, and stays within that person with no visible sign of its presence. But then after 14 days, it now the symptoms of its presence now begins to show in the body, and people now know from the outside that, you are, that that person is carrying that particular thing within. So for 14 days, it was growing and developing. And so incubation is that period where when the host embraces a thought, idea, or dream, right, to the period where the signs, so it's only the host, and that person has decided to be a host to that thought. That person has decided to be a host to that dream. Now, the thought might be flowing, all right, around the earth, but somebody says, I am going to host this particular idea and captures that particular dream. And I believe that. Uh, the thoughts, all right, because to every purpose, there is a time, there is a season. And there's a season where, you know, certain ideas begin to move around. I think it was during the pastor's conference. I was Pastor Olumi Johnson, a pastor back then in battle. And he did, you know, he, he did BS in, in physics. I came out in first class. And then he went to Imperial College and then decided he wanted to do ministry. So he left Imperial College. He was doing his PhD in, I think it was communications engineering. Then came back to the University of Ibadan. And he said, he just said something in passing. He said he was trying to say that commonality of ideas, 
that when he was dealing at that time trying to write program you know, for the mainframe computer, those big things that were, were in a particular place, University of Baden, you call it maybe a particular computer laboratory, and that he was struggling. Why is this so difficult and all of that? And that later on, when finally Microsoft Bill Gates came out, he realized that the same challenges Bill Gates was having, all right, also in their campus, he also was having that same challenge and the same kind of thoughts there. He just realized that, you know, it was the same issues that he also was going and wrestling with. But I'm sure Bill Gates decided, I'm going to be a host of this particular thing. I'm going to welcome and leave with this thing on the inside. So you choose to be a host. Uh, you choose uh, that I am going to allow this particular idea, this particular dream and vision to abide on the inside of me. I'm going to daily attend to this particular dream and this vision here. It's going to change my lifestyle, but I will embrace it. It's going to affect the way I spend my time but I've decided I'm going to be a host for this particular thing. So the period between a person hosts an idea or thought and when at the side, so nobody knows apart from you. And so you are doing one talk about this, what is called incubation, incubating upon that thing. And if you incubate upon it for a period of time, then uh, the symptoms or the signs now will begin to become apparent on the outside and people will begin to realize that something is actually going on here. Now the truth about it, now I'm going to say some things that might, you know, shake, I mean it's pure Bible, but it will shake people a bit in terms of their concept, all right, of Christianity and they realize that this is how results really come. But if a person decides to be a host of any thought or idea, and they incubate upon it for a period of time, that idea and that thought must manifest in the natural. It has to. Once you are a host and you understand it, of any thought or idea, and you place it on the inside and you do what is called, you incubate upon it, it must manifest on the outside. The signs, the symptoms, all right, the presence of that thing, now, while it's within you, you are the host. You are not trying to convince any person, which means that those things can be transferred after they are incubated upon in one individual and it has matured, then it breaks on the outside. Then people now start transferring the thing to other people so you can only transfer the vision and people will only buy into that particular vision after you have incubated upon it because then it breaks on the inside of you into certain quantities with a level of clarity there that is now transferable to other human beings and they can now run with that particular vision. And then people can now get impacted by it. But there is a time where that thing must dwell solely on the inside of you and then you attend and you are a host to that thing Paul told Timothy about this principle in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 15. He said, meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them. Be a host of these things. Give yourself wholly to them. He said, what will happen? That thy profiting may appear unto all. 
So that speaks about incubating upon it until it begins to appear unto all. So the time there where you call the incubation period is when the substance must undergo, or the idea or the thought, must undergo development within the host before it can successfully spread on the outside. Without this period of incubation, a premature exposure of the thought, the vision, the dream, or the idea will lead to the death of that particular thing because it hasn't matured to the point where it can stand the harshness of the environment. So many people prematurely expose their dreams, their vision, without it growing to the place where it can now withstand, all right, the harshness of the environment, the discouraging words that people might speak, doubt in other people. And so it's important that during this period, you are the only one who is holding this dream on the inner side of yourself. You have decided to be a host. I remember many years ago, Reverend Miko said something. Now I understand it clearly. He said, we need to congratulate. Back then he said, Dr. Roberts, this was in the 80s, for even choosing to, to, to receive the idea of building the University of Roberts University. That it was so staggering, all right, without the finances to do it, that you allowed it into yourself to live on the inside of you. Uh, now, because of the challenges of that dream or that thought or idea, many people say, look, I'm not going to be a host to this. And then God has to look for somebody else that is going to agree and accept to host something that is considered impossible. And then they understand that what is required is incubation. Don't get up. Don't try to implement it hastily. You just incubate upon it. And then it will grow and develop. And then by itself, it will begin to appear on the outside. Behavioral changes will occur. It will draw the people that you needed to make it happen. And then it will take a life of its own and things begin to happen. So it is this incubation. This is the most, all right, this is the, uh, the place where the idea and the vision has to be shielded and pro protected from external aggression there. So to incubate is to maintain a favorable temperature. It's the same thing the hen does, right? Lays the eggs, and then the hen comes and sits on the eggs periodically every day. Now, what's the purpose of that? To get, make sure the eggs are at a certain temperature and they never drop beneath that temperature because if that happens then the chicks on the inside die so they've got to keep it at a certain temperature in order for the growth to occur all right and the development to occur so what happens is the hen even though it goes out and it's playing and all of that its consciousness is tied consistently to the uh, to the eggs and so periodically, there's behavioral change. The hen will disappear from its regular activities just to go and sit upon the eggs there in order to keep the eggs warm. And when a person is in this period here of incubation, it means that there are behavioral changes we see. Uh, the person no longer all right, shows up in certain places. 
Maybe, you know, because they need their time, right? And this is what we say is, walk while it's, it's day. The night cometh when what people are doing at night is incubating on the new day that is about to come. So people go out, you are no longer available in certain places because there is a work that you are doing which is called incubation because you have decided to be a host to a thought, an idea that is going to influence and affect the lives of people shortly and may make their lives much better. So you sacrifice, all right, your time. You sacrifice certain things for there to be this incubation because the temperature there, right, must be kept at a certain level. Jesus spoke about this in Luke chapter 12 from verse 34 to verse 36. He spoke about this. He says, for where your treasure is. Now, don't forget that word treasure. It's going to be very valuable in this message. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be. Where the eggs are, that's where the heart of the, of the hen is, periodically. All right? The hen will always go back. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Then it goes in verse 35. Let your loins be guarded about and your lights burning which means keep it burning, all right? You have, your lights have to be burning there, okay? Then it goes on, it says, and you yourselves like unto men that wait for the Lord, that he will return from the wedding. And when he cometh and knocketh, you might immediately open up the door unto him. So you kept it alive, you kept it burning, and then it hatches at a particular point. And that's when, as it were, the Lord knocks on the door, and then the signs begin to happen, or I show within your life. Doors are opening up. Unusual things are beginning to happen, all right, because you have been incubating upon that particular thing. You are giving yourself wholly to it, meditating upon it, going over it, keeping the fire burning there, and keeping the vision alive by periodically, on a daily basis there, exercising yourself in connecting with it and doing that until things now begin to appear on the outside. So many fail because we step out prematurely. Now when we say you step out prematurely, uh, this doesn't imply that you stepped out before a certain date on the calendar, which means you stepped out before the set date was June the 5th, and you stepped out in February, or right, February the 7th. That's not what we're talking about. What we are saying is, right, you stepped out of timing. Not the time, which is the date, the fixed time, but the timing. What do we mean by that? The process of incubation, all right, for the birth of the vision was not yet complete. It might not even have been practiced at all. And then you went out. So it's not about if you are incubating and it reaches to its fullness on July the 6th, then July the 6th is the right time to move out. If it reaches the fullness on February the 20th, February 20th is the right time. If it's not done until November and then it matures November 23rd, that is the right time. So we are not talking about physical time. We are talking about timing, understanding that, all right, there's what is called the fullness of time. Or what Jesus said when it's in somebody's heart in abundant measure. So it's about timing, right? Allowing it to grow and to mature on the inside. And then when the signs begin to appear, 
on the outside, then the individual now begins to move. When Jesus knocks on the door, then and the person opens up. When something happens, when it hatches into the natural realm, then something, all right, the person now responds. So what are the laws or the practice of incubation? We've said incubating there is to decide to be a host. Now, there are many powerful ideas that are, are, are moving around. You decide that you want to host these ideas here. It's just like a woman gets pregnant. It's uncomfortable for nine months there. So it's, it's uncomfortable there, but you decide, all right, to allow your own life to be disrupted in order to give birth to this particular thing right there. So the laws of incubation. Now, what you've got to understand, and this is where we start shaking, all right, people's hearts. What you have got to understand in life, this is the principle that you must get. All things proceed out of the consciousness of the individual and are not directly from heaven or from hell. In other words, the experiences in the lives of people comes out of the consciousness of the hearts of the people. What is deep on the inside there, that's where it comes out of. It doesn't come out so a person can be praying for something. But what you are praying about must get into your consciousness for if it's going to enter into your life, is what is in the consciousness of people that gains entrance into their lives. If you don't allow it into your consciousness there, it's not going to get into your life. And this is why we have a lot, sometimes people have prayer failure, because you are praying for certain things, right? But what is within your consciousness Deep on the inside is a complete variance with that. And you think God, all right, in answer to your prayer, will just act on the outside to do something when inside your consciousness is completely different. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. God bless you.